The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Most people know Tom Bergeron from Dancing with the Stars nowadays. He's still keeping his career alive. He's still going. He's he kind of looks like he kind of looks like Tim Allen's older, less successful brother. He looked like he looks like if Tim Allen's older brother had lap band surgery. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And this is a fun episode of The Crunch. Welcome to The Fun Cast. The Fun Cast. And you know it's going to be fun because we said it at the beginning. And every everything that's fun is always announced always and said. planned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've dug ourselves a hole already. Oh, man. A hole what? <laughs> oh, that was so All right, silly. I'm going to okay. start paying attention to the podcast and stop messing around on Illustrator. Quick goofing off. So we got to start out the podcast with um, the question that I think I've received the most emails about in my entire time as doing a podcast. From one week from last week? Is that what you're yeah. saying? It's yeah. about the cookies. It's about the cookies. It's about the cookies. I, 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 didn't, I purposefully didn't ask you all week because I wanted to hear live on the crunch. Mm-hmm. So I made I made the cookies. Yeah. And I brought them over to our neighbor. And I gave them and nothing really happened. It was a nice conversation. Just kind of introduced myself and said, here's some cookies. And he said, thanks. And then he went away. Um, I mean, I kind of I kind of wish that it would have been like a bigger deal. But, you know, sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <Whoa>. Yay. <laughs> oh, man, I had I had all week to think you about what I was going to say. That one forever. Did you, but I, I feel like you didn't. You came up with that on the spot, didn't you? I came up with it as I was logging on today. That's I came so up with good. It. That's so yay. Oh, man. Uh, Thank you. Well, Thank folks, you. you waited a week to hear you that. You waited a week. I hope it was pun. worth it. And yeah. it was. This is the yeah. crunch. Oh, man. Yeah. We, so, we, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you didn't learn any valuable lessons from completing the cookie a, task because now we don't have a topic. <laughs> we've, we've reached that to, to the, the status quo and there's no, what do you call it in sitcom language? What is the, the normal? Is it status quo? Return, return to homeostasis. Homeostasis. That's what it is. That's isn't what that is. what, isn't that what Han Solo was trapped in in episode six? No, it's metastasis. Really? That was carbonite, Patrick. Read a book. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's so, metastasis? I don't know what met. Isn't that like a? Isn't that when plants kind of uh, grow? That's that's photosynthesis. <laughs> oh no. Oh, dear. I thought that, I thought that I thought that photosynthesis was when you come up with a prediction for how a scientific uh, project is going to go. That's hypothesis. No, that's hypothesis. I thought I thought hypothesis was when you were you kind of say some say act one way, then you actually act a different. You say one thing, you act a different way. That's duplicitous. I was I was going to go with hip, hypocritical. Oh, <laughs> but you know that's fine too. 
I thought a hypocritical was a kind of uh, pachyderm, a sub subterranean pachyderm that lives in uh, in Africa. Sub- I thought a pachyderm. <laughs> I thought a pachyderm was a game that you could go and play on an arcade machine. Uh, with Pac Pac Man is Pac Man. That's what it's going. No, I'm pretty sure that's Carbonite. All right, folks. Okay. <laughs> oh, we made it. Um. So I don't know if you saw, um, the other day, as in yesterday, but we've been challenged. The gauntlet has been thrown down. I've never played Fortnite in my life. And... Okay. So for those that don't know, Father Father Rocket Dan on Twitter at Father Rocket Dan Father Dan, and Jonathan Blevins infamous slash famous Fortnite streamer um, have challenged Patrick and I to some type of duel. I don't really know how the game works. I've played Fortnite maybe not much in my life. Wait, who's Jonathan Blevins? He's, uh, you know, he's like a youth minister in Indiana. Uh, Also streams Fortnite. He's Ninja's brother. No, I don't know. You're not familiar? I think I've seen I think I've seen his Twitter profile before. He's he's on Twitter. He's pretty dope. But they challenged us and uh yeah, I haven't played a lot of Fortnite. Patrick, have you you don't play at all? Never, never, ever, no, never. Forever. I think we could really make this kind of like a a big deal. It's kind of when they made uh Reggie, um, the CEO of Nintendo, play Hungry Box and Super Smash Brothers. Um, and Reggie just just got absolutely destroyed. And I think that's going to be us. Like clearly, <laughs> clearly richer, more good looking, um, more socially able. But we're going to get demolished by Father Dan and and Jonathan. So. Well, does Father Dan play Fortnite? I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least I, um, he was posting. He was posting his dubs on Twitter the other day. So I think as as an intimidation tactic. Well, I, I don't. I don't fall for tactics. So <laughs> I don't. I don't understand strategy. <laughs> so tactics really don't make a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I'll play. I'll stream Fortnite. I don't know if. Uh, I guess. I guess I have a lot more time now that I'm not a college student. Right. How's that feel? It feels. Uh, it feels great. I. I have. Um, Dev- not devolved. I have uh, resigned myself to. I'm. I'm in. I'm in Texas now. I'm staying at Phoebe's family. You've devolved to living in Texas. I've devolved to living in Texas, <laughs> and I. I don't do anything. Phoebe has a, a an online class to do, and also she's working because she lives here and has a job right. here. And mm-hmm. I am uh, not doing anything. So yesterday I learned how to use Adobe Illustrator, taught myself, made a couple of things, read an entire book mm-hmm. on youth ministry, and basically just picked up kids and moved them around places. But now the parents are home for work for the vacation, and so now I literally have nothing to do. Because uh, I finished the book, and I've mastered Adobe Illustrator, so there's nothing. Just the one book, that's the only one that you brought? <laughs> no, I brought I brought several, but the problem is I didn't first see how bored I was going to be. And mm. so I packed light when it comes to books which I've never done uh, in the history of my life. Uh-huh. Um, at the end of every semester, I've always taken home at least one 19-gallon box of books and read uh-huh. exactly none of them. But mm-hmm. this year, I brought home five books, and it looks like I'm going to be reading all of them. Awesome. Well, that's good. Quality over quantity, am I right? That's exactly what it is. Uh, I just finished a book, um, Dune by Frank Herbert. Very been- good science fiction book. One of the best of all time. <laughs> Or so they say. I haven't read many, but that's what they, that's <laughs> it's what they, the best one I've read. <laughs> what the cover said. Uh, it was really good. Highly recommend. Um, what what allegories are there for faith? And we should talk about them. Well, kind of the main characters are are essentially Muslims. They're like space Muslims, um, because 
I'm not joking. So like the it's literally about going to a planet that's like a desert planet and this kid kind of gains some sort of on omniscience in a way through different things and then he is, is like has these visions of like leading a jihad and he's like trying to avoid the jihad but then he ends up leading the jihad anyway and uh kind of like becomes the leader of these desert people that are excellent fighters and it's like hmm can you name me another time where a guy had maybe some visions and like rallied some people <laughs> in the desert and was a leader like maybe Mohammed? I don't know. Um, but I mean, that aside, it's it's very good and very interesting. And it brings up that it's actually, OK. Oh, that's funny. Oh. It, it's very deeply uh, political. Like there's a lot of um, kind of politics within it and a lot of environmentalism in the book, too. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really fun. It's kind of noted as like one of the one of the books that popularized the environmentalist movement in the 60s and 70s, like mm. helped founding Earth Day and all that stuff. So well, when you're when you're writing science fiction, there's not a lot of like familiarity that the reader can relate to. So like they have to so you got to pump in modern day issues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what we do with War of the Worlds, right? This is like my favorite example of um, mm-hmm. of modern times being reflected in like science fiction. So in the 1930s, you you, knew, you know, the War of the World radio broadcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one that freaked everyone out because they thought that aliens were actually attacking. Yes. Over the radio. Yes. Um, yeah. And so that that, that kind of like a foreign invasion being announced over the radio was the biggest fear of that time period because of mm-hmm. the wars in the East, the wars in Europe. And then in the 1950s, there was a um, like alien, the, the War of the World adaptation for the movies was like aliens coming from the North Pole or like from mm-hmm. Russia, which mm-hmm. is like from where Russia is. So like it was mm-hmm. communistic. And then in the 2008 uh adaptation with uh, tom cruise tom cruise the aliens the aliens come from beneath the earth which makes no sense because they're supposed to be martians because the mole people no because of because of terrorism (laughs) oh oops oh in the 1950s version they kept focusing on how mars is the red planet that's what it was because it was it was like communism but wasn't dakota fanning in that movie um maybe who's dakota fanning (laughs) i searched I searched War of the Worlds Dakota, and the first thing that comes up is annoying. <laughs> That's rude. Okay, she is in it, and she just screams a lot, apparently. That's <laughs> on the internet are mad about it. Um, but, yeah, no, that's pretty good. Also similar, I mean, very basic example, but Star Wars, like the Stormtroopers, like that's yeah. a pretty direct... Uh, <laughs> direct like, hit at the Nazis, and the fact that Darth yeah. Vader is uh, is a German name... <laughs> Is that true? I didn't yeah, know that. Uh, Vader is German for father, mm. which kind of makes the whole twist a little. Uh, I mean, if you're literate in two languages, which I is, mean, German is not un- unpopular. Not oh, bilingual. Ooh, bilingual. Thank you. Well, you know, the only two people who knew about the I'm your father were uh, James Earl Jones and then um, and George Lucas. And then Mark Hamill was brought into it like later and he knew uh when they were filming but they were the only they were the only three people that knew at the premiere and so everyone even like harrison ford and carrie fisher were like what so it is ford who knows everything harrison ford knows everything the unflappable harrison ford destroyed by this one plot twist <laughs> doctors hate him i uh, hear i hear that harrison ford even actually raised his eyebrows in surprise when he heard that it was a very uh 
He went and got his ear pierced. That's the weirdest thing about seeing Harrison Ford nowadays is his pierced ear. That is weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't much like it. Same with Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Cowboys also, and aliens and pirates. Am I right, folks? Do Cowboys and aliens. I was so hyped for that movie and just was so disappointed. <laughs> I think that was the last movie I ever got excited for. <laughs> just, you just ruined you for the rest. You're it like, really I'm never going to get excited for another movie. The concept is so good. Is it cow- cowboys versus aliens? And then they just they 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 ruined it. Well, it's because they couldn't come up with a creative title besides the premise of the movie. All right, what if we made a movie? But I think about cowboys versus right. aliens. But what with that title, about? you kind of expect it to like go into the campy realm where like they they are aware of it and like they can do something really fun and really cool. But instead, they didn't. It was it, it was it very serious and not tongue in cheek. Very, very serious, not tongue in cheek, and just ended up being bad. That does so, suck. Yeah, you like gotta go. If you're gonna go serious, you need to make it good. And if you're gonna name your movie Cowboys and Aliens, you can't do that. Yeah, like Monsters versus Aliens, which was very tongue in cheek, and I would argue a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, not not to compare with the hit film Mars Needs Moms, which, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> Oh gosh! Broke the box office records for mom and Mars related films. <laughs> for Martian related maternity. Yeah, so it's like a Venn diagram, and on one side it's the Martian starring. <laughs> on the other side, it's like mom movies, which is like um, uh, Charlotte's Web, I guess, and then like in the middle is Mars Needs Moms. I couldn't think of any mom movies. Um, what to expect? When Harry met expecting? Sally. Yeah, when Harry oh, met okay. Sally. Uh, anything with Tom Cruise. Top Gun. Top Gun? No, sorry. I meant meant Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) My mom does love Top Gun. Hey, let's let's lock in on a topic or else we're going to just talk about about movies. We're just going to go back and forth on our cultural references until Uh someone sends us an email like, guys, I hear what you're doing. Stop it. (laughs) Okay. So... Oh, so this is a this will be a fun segue. <clears throat> so, Patrick, yeah, have you ever seen a movie about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, once. Boy, do I have some good news for you. You've got some familiarity with what I'm going to talk about now. So, I was reading the Bible today, and I was in John 21. Mm-hmm. And I was praying, and this is kind of the this is a funny this is a funny passage to me, right? So, this is this is after the the crucifixion right and the apostles are just kind of knocking around like this is after the upper room like jesus breathes on them gives them the power to forgive sins um or gives them the authority to forgive sins like sends them forth right peace be with you gives you the spirit all these things right and you'd imagine after that incredible encounter the apostles will be like let's go it's game time but patrick what do they end up doing they go fishing they go fishing. <laughs> they go fishing. And so we're reading this 21 and Simon Peter's like, I'm going fishing. Everyone's like, oh, we'll go with you. And then it's dawn and then Jesus is standing on the shore, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And then Jesus, and this is the line that I want to focus in on is Jesus says to them, children, have you caught anything to eat? All right. This is the NAB. This is what I read. Children, have you caught anything to eat? Which I so many layers is so good. Let's start with the first word. <laughs> They're buddy. all grown men. <laughs> it's like 
can you imagine being Jesus? <laughs> and then I try to be sometimes doing everything you do <laughs> and then giving them the spirit and then leaving and then coming back and they're fishing and you're just like, <sighs> and he says, have you caught anything to eat? And to me, I immediately thought of um, like this idea of sustenance, right? This idea of yeah. being, being fulfilled, being fed, um, being sustained, right? Have you caught anything to eat? That's why they're fishing. They're hungry. What does the fishing represent? Obviously, it's more than just the actual act of fishing, right? The fishing represents a, a going back to the way things were before they met Jesus, right? Exactly. What is the very yeah. what is the very first thing that Simon Peter was doing? He was He's fishing. fishing, right? And then this is the very last thing that Jesus does with Simon Peter before he he dips is he comes and he says, you know, drop your nets. Like that's how he called him. Yeah, they go right? on this like so, whirlwind adventure across the yeah. great the great country of Judea. They fight right. demons and they they see people rise from the dead and they like <clears throat> and then and then they the whole the whole game the game's all over Jesus they see him again they know he rose from the dead and then they just he goes away for like 2 seconds they just are like oh well guess I guess we'll I better back. go fish again. Yeah. And this hits me a lot because I mean, I've known Jesus for a while. I mean, obviously, like, continuing to strive to know him more and more every day. Um, but I would say my conversion happened, right, like, many years ago. And, but that doesn't change the fact that, like, I go fishing all the time. I go fishing because I revert back to what I was doing before I encountered Jesus in a profound way. Mm-hmm. Right, And that can mean, like, sin, right? That can mean returning to, like, habitual sin. That can also mean um, talking and being in conversation in a way that I would before, like not having elevated conversation, not trying to um, talk about anything important, just kind of like shooting the breeze with my friends because you get you meet friends and you kind of get back into a rhythm that you were before. Maybe if you haven't seen them in a couple of years or a couple of months, it's like really easy just to kind of go back to, to the way things were. Um, and that's like, and especially like, again, with the whole coming home sort of thing, it's like going back to how things used to be. And what does Jesus says? He says, have you caught anything to eat? Right. And I like to imagine Jesus being kind of cheeky in this of like, did you catch anything? Like kind of laughing <laughs> at these guys because he knows that they haven't. Right. And why does he know that they haven't? Because he's Jesus. Cause he's, well, cause he's Jesus. Cause he's God. Okay. And because he knows that there is no fruit to be born in like the way that he found them, right? He called them and he brought them through this whole journey so that they could bear the most fruit and start the church and do all this stuff. And he knows that that's not where they're supposed to be. And so there is a way that is more fruitful. There is a way that it can sustain them more that they're just not seeing. Um, I don't know. So I was reflecting a lot on that. What are your, what are your thoughts on this? In the, in the book that I've been reading, one of the biggest draws that I've gotten from it was how much Jesus cared about the disciples mm-hmm. and how Absolutely. much it wasn't just like, Oh, I need, I need 12 dudes <clears throat> who's around. All right, you guys come on and like, just, just watch what I do and I'll, and then you go do it right after I do it. So like, I'll, I'll do all these things and then you go do it. Um, yeah, like he, he actually really cared about them and, and like, I want I want to be in that circle of like mm-hmm. people that Jesus cares about, right? I think we I think we all do. Yes. Um 
but it, it takes a little bit more than I've been giving in the past. Right. And mm-hmm. it take it takes, it takes more than just like doing things that I know how to do, doing things out of my own power. I, when, when you, when you were talking about this story, I was, I was very much like, Oh, I, I was very much relating to it in the sense of, um, trying to like get stuff out of prayer. Uh, uh-huh. Like I've labored all night, caught nothing. It's because I right. just I try to pray the way that like I try to pray out of my own power, I try to like find success out of my own power in mm-hmm. myself. I was going somewhere with that. That's okay. I feel I feel like right now I'm at I'm at a Bible study when I was in seventh grade and like what yeah. Patrick, what are you getting out of this? Like, um, we should all um go to church and <laughs> you know. Right. Well, that's funny. Well, then the question is, is like for a more practical application rather than just like a seventh grade Bible study, like think about this. Like is, do you think that Jesus was saying like never fish again? Obviously no, right? Yeah, because you need fish. Because you need fish. Do you think that Jesus wanted them to change the way that they fish? Yes, right? Like he didn't want them to, to completely cut out fishing. He didn't want them to die right? From not eating. He didn't want them to abandon the thing that they know how to do the best, you know, which is like their job that for so long. And that is similar, right? So this, I'm going to link this back in with my the thing about social media that I was going to talk about, right? Um, social media is the best thing that I can do. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> my thought right now in my life is to schedule in time for social media in my like actual daily schedule. Right. So not, maybe not every day, but like once every couple of days I have like 30 minutes or an hour to go on Twitter, to go on Facebook and to connect with the people like very intentional time. Right. Like I'm going to go in and I'm going to post something or I want to, I'm not going to do this today, but I'm trying to figure out how the best it'll work, but like post something in the crunch patrons page. Right. Yeah to to catch up with all of my friends on Twitter, right? To see how Jake's doing, to see how our priest friends, friends are doing, to see how Zach's doing, to see how like Larry and all the, the WCT crew is doing. Like I want to yeah. check all of them because I feel like with this detachment from social media, I feel like I'm just missing that element of my life because these are my friends, right? These are people that I know. And there's this temptation to be like, well, I'm not going to go fishing anymore. Like I'm not going to go out onto the on, online because I know that it's bad for me. And I know that it's not where Jesus wants me to be, but it's not necessarily that extreme, right? I just need to modify the way that I do it. And that means being intentional and being scheduled about it and not just being complacent and passive. And this plays into the verse because the these guys are probably just rolling up and being like, well, I guess this is a lake here, so I guess we're just going to fish and like not really think about it. And they're not intentional, right? They're not doing it out of any source of intentionality. Like, we're going to catch this fish so we can go feed the poor, right? Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think of that? Like, cha- kind of changing the way that we live to be more intentional rather than just like resetting to what we know. Like scheduling social media time is interesting. I never considered that before. Really. I'd never considered scheduling time for it. Yeah, I just I've just been that's like the thing about the 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 dang websites is that they are addictive, and so we just become passively addicted to the thing. Yeah, and we were just like, I'll, I'll just I'll just it's it's like it's like the the have you ever seen that presentation where people like do the rocks in the sand in the jar? It's like you have to put all of these rocks and all of this sand in this jar, 
and like people yeah. put the sand in first, then you can't fit the rocks. Dumb. But if you put the rocks in first and then you fill the sand, like you're good. Um, Who puts the sand in first? Who's doing that? It's it's not it's not it's not like people. It's they're just doing it as an example. Like oh, watch oh. You put the sand in first, so you don't don't fill your day with stuff that can you can do anytime. Just you know plan your important stuff first. But it's gotten it's gotten to the point where like I don't actually want any sand. In my life at all, you just want to be a rocky kind of guy. I just want to. I just want to be a big rock star. Big rock star. Um, because like if if you think of the things that I do all day, right? It's like, well, Patrick, you need some time for recreation to catch up with friends. All right, cool. If I need that, that's important. Let's put it in. Let's make it's a rock now. It's not. It's not sand. It's like if if social media is important and it might be a tiny rock, I need to make it a rock and not just be like, oh, it's it's sand. You know, then it trickles in into all these like extra places. And because that's the thing is like I make time to hang out with my friends in real life. Like I make time to schedule this podcast. I make time to schedule like I'm going to go get dinner with Kevin at this time. I'm going to go play basketball with Zach at this time. I'm going to go like do this, that, and the other thing, right? Like I schedule those times not because I don't have time to like passively hang out with people, right? But the big rock is the intentional time, right? The big rock is the – is what is actually like good and will build me up and will build the other person up. Um, and the I, more big rocks we have, I don't know. I was going to take the metaphor to another level, but I kind of lost the more it, big so. rocks we have, the more big houses we can build with our big rocks. Uh-huh. And then we uh-huh. can uh-huh. kingdom of God. Okay. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to avoid burnout as a youth minister. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm very excited to just like jump into this job and like be really not just efficient with it, but like really, um, intentional like you said mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. i'm like <clears throat> it's it's how i worked with the door i had like a re- i was really good at budgeting my time i didn't feel burnt out i felt like i was supported and all that stuff <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to jumping into this job and like not um a, being absorbed into youth ministry and just like mm-hmm. focusing on just like maintenance of the youth ministry as opposed to ministry itself how this is my question for you yeah sure how can we talk about intentionality in a way that's actually convicting because Because, yeah i was like because they kind of teach around it like at nst like you need to be intentional with your time but they frame it within the the human formation discussion of if you're well humanly formed then all these things will fall into place right if you like work out and make your bed and do your dishes and eat healthy, then like all this other stuff will just kind of fall into place. And they like assume this level of intentionality. Um, but if you're like working out without intention, eating healthy without intention, and they just kind of like accidentally falling into all these things, they're not going to form habits and you're not going to, um, 
really like lead an attractive life, right? That's like the intention of this human formation that JP2 kind of started. It was like wanting these priests to be attractive and athletic and spiritual and intellectual and like sociable and all these things, right? That's like why he reformed seminary formation so that priests could be that way, you know, lead attractive yeah. life. And so the question for us now is like, this intentionality obviously doesn't exist anywhere in the, in, in like the minds of the average college student of the average young adult, because everything's just passive. And so how do we bring that to people without shouting at them for watching too much Netflix or not, you know, keeping themselves healthy is, is the question. Yeah. Cause that is our, it is kind of our style specifically, mostly because we're right. shouting at ourselves. That's true. But as we grow to like share it with other people, I think one of the biggest plagues that's afflicting like our age group is is the lack of intentionality so how do you say be more intentional (laughs) like what what do we share with people that can convince them of that i'm not asking you because i know i'm asking i'm just it's like a general wonderment (laughs) well i think i think that that sharing personal experience is um is the most effective way to convey a truth like that because if you walk up to someone and say like, how do you feel after like, how do you feel after watching just nine hours of Netflix? They might not actually be discerning about it and just might think, cause they aren't doing it at that moment. They might think that sounds great. I'd much rather be doing that than doing this. Right. So they, mm-hmm. they don't really understand your point. But if, if you, if you stand up in front or not in front, but if you do talk, you're talking to someone and you just say, honestly, I watched six, only six episodes of television for, uh, for watching, for reporting on my thesis. And I felt so depressed afterwards. I was like, it was dark. I was alone. I was sad. And I was like, I need to hang out with someone now because I just like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I hate this. I've been holed up in my room all day. I kind of smell funky and I just want to like breathe fresh air. Um, uh-huh. And but will people, but will people be convinced by like a negative of like, I felt bad when I did this rather than I feel good when I do this, you know, like what's the more convincing thing? Yeah, I think you have to I take it a step further and say, and then I mm-hmm, insert mm-hmm. intentional witness here. I can't think of anything right now where I've been intentional. Mm-hmm. If I thought a little harder, I probably could. Right. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, on my, my first day in Texas, I dropped Phoebe off at a test thing and I had the car and everyone else was at school or at work. And I was like, all right, what now? I knew I know the area pretty well because I lived here over the summer. I was like, what do I do? I was like, all right, first off, I'm going to go to the chapel. I was being a good little Catholic boy. I went to the chapel uh-huh. and I like, I prayed to the little office and I, I sat there and I was like, all right. And I, I, I saw, I felt my mind start to race. I was like, what can I, what am I supposed to do today? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Today? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, this is stupid. The Lord of the universe is right in front of me. Hey, Jesus, what should I do today? <laughs> and he was like, Patrick, what all I want you to do today, if you don't do anything else, just work on your book thing, right? So I have a a book thing that I can do whenever I want and it's not, it's, there's no due date on it, but he's like, just work on this, just get your thoughts in order. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I did. And it took me three hours and I was just in Starbucks and I finished it and I felt so accomplished. Even though I had done several other things, I'd gone shopping, I dropped off Phoebe's sisters and I picked them up from school, et cetera. Mm I had done a ton of things, but like just being intentional with that one thing of like, God, what do you want me to do today? Just starting my mm-hmm. day off with God, what do you want me to do? Gave me 
I, I, I don't, I don't, I intention, I guess it's intentionality is a buzzword and it's, it is, it's hard. It's hard to use without sounding cheesy. It gave me, it gave me, a, it gave my day a purpose. Right. And I lived that purpose. And then afterwards I felt successful and that I could do it again the next day. Mm-hmm. And it was much better than the alternative of going home and watching Netflix, even though I could have done that. And literally no one would have been hurt by it because I don't have, I'm, I don't have any responsibilities right now. You know, mm-hmm. but no, no one would have been hurt if I had just watched Netflix all day, but it was a, it was a well, better move. Now I think I don't, I don't want to discredit anything that you've said, but now I'm like wondering if we're like treating Jesus as like a, um, like a, what do you call him? Like an assistant or a secretary, you know, mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. Hey Jesus, what's on, what's on my schedule for the day? You know, and like then all yeah. of a sudden it reduces Jesus down to a secretary or a person who tells you like <laughs> what the best thing for your your self betterment is today. Like what's the best yeah. thing to feel accomplished today? What's the best thing to to um pro- progress, you know? Like because uh, progress really like worldly progress is all it is, is just like a, us pretending like we're not going to die one day. You know? and so <laughs> That's a really good quote. Thanks. I think I stole it from someone else, but I paraphrased it and made it all Ethan-y. Um, <laughs> and so then this, this is something that I, I, the tweet thread that I had last week about be, becoming better and like avoiding Christianity being a self-help program. Like obviously there there's a way in which we ought to live as Christians. But then I worry about like this whole scheduling thing and like, you know, getting my days down and, and all this stuff. And it's how do I balance the 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 freeness of living with in the spirit and living in Christ and all that stuff with like this this good, right? This capital G good of like living well a well ordered life. So I guess I would I would respond to that was with um that wasn't the first thing that I prayed within the chapel. Okay. It was like a good 30 minutes of personal prayer. Mm-hmm. And then when I felt the need to leave, like I was like okay, I'm done, whatever. Or whatever you say when you're done praying. Um goodbye. <laughs> uh talk to you later Jesus bye, love you. Talk to you later Jesus, love you bye. And uh, it, it was it was okay. What what's what's taking me out of this moment right now? That's more what it was. That question of Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Isn't like it's it, it, it can sound secretarial, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. more of right now. I'm sitting in front of the person who created me. Right, like right now, I'm sitting in front of the God of the universe. What possibly could take me away from this? Right, and it's a command from Him to right. go I, do something. I think I think that's okay. Yeah, I like that. I don't know if you just phrased it weird the other time, but like you're saying the same thing. Just, I think that phrasing is better of like, absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is the Lord of the universe in front of me. Or maybe if you're not in a chapel, like this is the Lord of the universe that I'm talking to. Where is he directing me? Like where, where, where on where on earth could, what, what could possibly be better than this moment of prayer right now? Mm -hmm. And -hmm. God's like, the the answer could possibly be like, God's like, no, I I need, you need to stay for a little while. More, More prayer right now. Um, and then the father, Michael Scanlon, if if you've ever read, let the fire fall, if you have not, it's a great book. Let the fire fall is father, Michael Scanlon's autobiography. Uh, he, he refounded Franciscan and, uh, he used to stay in the chapel for like two hours or like five minutes, depending on like, he would stay and pray until God told him to leave. 
and Ugh. yeah, which is awesome. Cause that's that freedom. That's yeah. like, that's what you want is that freedom to like live as God is telling you to live. And like, and- don't tell me that you don't have time to do that because he was the president of a university. Like he had a lot of meetings. He you was know? the president of the world. He was the president of the world. And it's super funny because people, people at Franciscan will tell that story. And then they'll say the justification same. to only pray for five minutes every day. No, no, no. Because part of the, yeah. the other problem is you have to, you have to risk being in the chapel for two hours. So if, right. you, if you take that, if it's you, a risk. The reason, Ugh. yeah, the reason why, the reason why uh, it's not, it's not as widely um, adopted at Franciscan is because there's also this, this little uh, mantra that goes around. My primary vocation right now is a student. So it'd be irresponsible uh. for me to pray. <laughs> First of all, the, the, being a college student, you have the most free time you will ever have. Um, yeah. unle- unless you're over committing yourself which i did um and that that's your own darn fault my own darn fault mm-hmm. um you have the most free time possible so you have the most you have a lot of time to pray and so like blocking out time to pray isn't necessarily like i'm going to pray for one hour and that is going what's to that, be my prayer accent i don't know Who is <laughs> it's that? it's half sponge the is that five yeah, minutes half, later <laughs> like half that guy and half boldly from jimmy neutron <laughs> Slap, 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 clap, clap, clap. <laughs> I'm going to pray for one hour, and that is it. And uh, no, it, it's it's. I don't see anything wrong with being like I'm going to wake up, and I'm just going to go to the chapel, and then if I don't get to like watch TV before I go to class, then so be it. Because like, I think I think um, if God really if God really cares about your life, which He does, He's not going to let you miss anything important. That's true. That's so true. And mm, 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 mm. I, I have a ton, I have a ton of plans going into youth ministry, right? I got yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I got my game plan. I think it's a, it's good to have a game plan, right? The best laid plans of Patrick and mice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Sorry. This, this quote. And, uh, and, but one of the, one of the points the book made the best was, was that, um, one of the best points the book made was that God will um, will provide when like you you need you need to sit down and consider like what are you doing why are you doing it who are you trying to reach you need to discuss all of these things with God right and, you, and how are you going to do it etc but you don't get to decide when it happens mm-hmm. God decides when it happens so that's 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 every every other decision is God's and yours mm-hmm. and that's the only decision that is ultimately God's is when, when something's going to happen. And that's, that's a problem because it takes so much patience, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's waiting for me. I don't know how many kids are going to respond to some 21 year old standing up. In I front thought of you were going to say, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have. And I was like, dang, I don't know how many kids I'm going to have. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many kids are going to be up there, uh, up there with me, like, like doing youth ministry things. I don't know. But, um, that's, that's God's decision, not mine. Uh, and, and it goes the same with like, Being a student, I don't know. <laughs> well, this so as a missionary, right? I've got a, I've got a holy hour every day. Nice. Right. And there are some days where I want to stay for two hours, and there are some days where I want to to leave after five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's also this like almost greater like if you're by yourself, you can kind of do whatever you want. But there's like this greater. Uh, obligation to the team than there is to my own personal schedule Mm -hmm. and that's like 
I don't know. I can kind of see where people are coming from as like my vocation is as a student. Like if you're a student and you've got a four hour block of time and like the Lord is saying, like pray for two hours instead of one hour, like you can do that because you still have another two hours later. Right. But I've got like a meeting right after, and then I've got this, that, and the other thing, like that things that I have to go to that if I don't go to them, then like it, it very much affects other people, you know? Yeah. And so like the Lord's not going to call you out of, like study time, which you probably weren't going to use anyway, because you're going to goof off. <laughs> Go on Twitter. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Like, and so then for me, I have to listen to that and be attentive to that. Of like, Oh, I want to spend more time in the chapel and like take note of it. And then later in the day, go back and then say like, why, why do you want me to come back? Like, why did you want me to come back here? And I think it just looks different for everybody. So that's also an option too. Like if you really have like, maybe you have a team project or maybe you have a job and like you only have one hour over your lunch break um, or you have a family, right? Like (laughs) if the, the, this is all a part of like being attentive to the spirit and being attentive to like what the Lord is saying and not just running in talking and then leaving um absolutely because if he's calling you back he wants to do something deeper like the the two times that that happened this semester where the lord was calling me back to prayer right i went back and i led two of the best bible studies that i've had all semester right on those two days and i can't say that this is exact correlation between like me praying more and how good the bible study was because it also has to do with the disposition of the guy's hearts and like where they were at and what they wanted to talk about all that stuff plays a role too but there is a direct correlation between how much you pray and your holiness. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so that's how well you pray. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. You could spend a lot of time praying quote unquote, but not actually. Um, but I think that's just something to chew on is are something we willing to, to give, yeah. something to crunch on? Are we willing to give God that time or not? Like where does your, it's all about the risk, right? Are you willing to risk not being able to do X, Y, or Z for the Lord? And if you're not willing to risk like an hour of your day, like, can you call yourself a Christian? <laughs> Which I know is a bit extreme, but this is the truth. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely room, you know, for most people, I would say to spend an hour. I mean, it's, I, I find it hard to believe that Father Mike would be able to spend two hours in the chapel and like, I'm not able to find an hour. You know, I, that's very hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't know why I convince myself of that so often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also I guess just like accepting that I kind of, I kind of, this, this might be a little off topic. It's, it's on topic. It's about prayer. Yeah. But, uh, someone, someone messaged me. She, um, she used to be a Carmelite. She was Ooh. discerning with the Carmelites and then she left and she was talking about how much her prayer life had changed and how discouraging that is, um, that her prayer life is a lot different than it was, um, when she was a Carmelite and she's like, I'm praying less. And like, I feel like disconnected, etc. And I was reading that and I was like, huh, I feel like it makes sense that now that you're a lay person, your prayer looks different. Yeah, absolutely. And it might just be a culture shock. And, and I, I, I could see a lot of myself in this. Cause like my, sometimes, sometimes our prayer changes and we get really discouraged, but also my life is different than it was when I was in high school. And so my prayer is going to change as well. And like my, my schedule and my habits are going to be different. 
And so what I should be doing instead of like, I, I spend, I spend time getting discouraged about not praying. Right. I'm like, man, I'm so, I'm so stupid. I'm not praying. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Uh-huh. And instead of using, instead of taking that, that five second time to grumble, what I should do instead is I should take that five second period of time that I'm using to grumble and turn my heart towards God and say, Hey Jesus, I really want to pray more. Like you use that anger and like this discouragement and, and, um, impatience with myself and turn it into a desire to pray more and then allow, allow God to grow that desire. Cause we're kind of using our own prayer lives against us when we do that. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, I used to pray so much. And then, and like Satan's kind of taking that holiness and like waving it in front of our faces and like, we shouldn't let Satan use our holiness against us. That sucks. What is this episode about? I have no idea. I've lost the narrative thread. Let's go back to the boat. The boat? The boat. Okay. Why did we bring that up? Why did you bring that up? What boat? The fishing boat. The fishing boat. Well, the... I mean, it was just, it's just what I was praying about today. Also, I think another thing that's funny is like Jesus is on the shore and like Peter hops out the boat and like runs towards him and like everybody else. It says he was only, uh, he says he was only a hundred yards away and everyone else just like rides the boat because it's not that far. And, but that just kind of again shows like, again, like if we think of the boat as like Peter's old life, him hopping out of it and not being concerned about like what's in the water, how cold the water is, like getting his clothes wet and just running towards Jesus. He was also, um, he was also the last one, not the last one of the tomb, but he lost the race to the tomb. And so now he's, he's winning the race to Jesus. That's like, a I, good look. I wouldn't say he lost the race to the tomb. I would just say that John was younger and also <laughs> and more nimble. Yeah. Just a nimble footed kind of beloved kind of guy, kid, you know? Yeah. I don't have any other like connections with the scripture. I just brought it up because we were looking for something to talk about. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I, I really, I really like it because yeah. I can see it as a, as a metaphor for our own prayer and it's a metaphor for evangelization as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. cause so often we try to like evangelize our way and not God's way. And also there's a ton of people saying, which way is God's way to evangelize? Which way Christian man? It's, I, I, I was reading this book about youth ministry. And mm-hmm. it's like, these are the five purposes of, of youth ministry. And, and these aren't our ways. These are, these are God's ways. We read them in the Bible and I'm like, all right, cool. But I, I just, what it, what is God's way of evangelizing? You know, I think, I think we just try to put into words something that can't be summarized when we talk about prayer and when we talk about evangelization Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we, we come back to those two topics so often, evangelization and prayer. Uh-huh. And I think it's because they're essentially like not the same thing, but they're two sides of the same coin. You well, know? What, is, what else is there to talk about? I'm sure there's billions of other things, but like. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> what matters more than you getting to heaven and also other people getting there too? <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, honestly, what else matters? <laughs> Give, send me an at. Hit me up in the email if you can think of something more important. More important than prayer and evangelization. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm vamoosed. Me too, but we're 40 minutes in. Well, that's 
It's not terrible. That's not a bad episode. Could be worse. That's more like that's more like crunch, like six more. It's more like it is. It is. But it's kind of like we could fill the last 10 minutes with some goofs and gags and then call ourselves a a call it a day. I feel like we haven't given the people enough. I don't I don't know what to give. I don't have I don't have much to give the people right now. I don't because of. Because it's not because I haven't been praying. It's not because like I haven't been filling myself up. It's no, the, the quality of the episodes depends solely on whether or not Ethan is praying well that week. That's not true. <laughs> That's not That's true, not true at, all. at all. Quality of the episodes depends on a lot of things. Depends and on a lot of things. I don't think it's bad. I think every I think every episode has something for someone. That's true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's my mom asked me this week. She's like, do you feel responsibility to your audience? And I was like, now I, <laughs> now I do. Now that you've asked that question. Um, I mean, I'll kind of, cause it's like, I'm not going to wig myself out anymore over like whether or not an episode's good. All I'm going to worry about is like, if I'm praying and if I'm like sharing authentically with what the Lord is giving me on the podcast. And I mean, that's what, what more, what more do you want me to do? Like, Cause this is the thing with like Bible studies at, at campus too, is like, if I'm trying to like try to give the guys what I think that they need, then it always turns out to be like bad. And yeah, it's, not, like, it's like a, it's like a zookeeper. Right. It's and like, it's like the, the gorillas okay. at the zoo trying to feed the giraffes. Uh huh. But the zookeeper needs to feed the giraffes because he's the zookeeper. Yes. God okay. is the eternal zookeeper. Am I the gorilla? <laughs> yes. And I am the giraffe. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> Because you're taller than me, and I am stronger than you, <laughs> and you're usually low to the ground, and, like, and I have on and I, walk. So you walk around on your knuckles. Low to the, I walk on my <laughs> knuckles. What's up? Okay, what I was gonna say, I forgot. It was a good point, but then you, you, you goofed me. So this is it. So the only thing, this is why I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not stressed about it, right? Because the only thing that I can give is what I receive, and the only way that I receive things is from the Father, and so anything that I get. I'm just going to give back. Like, it's just a, what is it called? Being like a, I don't know. A but I'm not giving everything. No. But I'm, yeah, a conduit. Well, I'm not Jesus, but like, I'm not giving, or a priest, I'm not giving everything because it needs to be the overflow. That's the thing, right? I think I'm operating on, I'm like a river today instead of an overflow. Maybe that's the problem. That's fair. Yeah. Because I don't have a lot of overflow. There's just a lot of stuff going on over this break in preparation of Seek 2019. Seek 2019. Stressing me out, but I'm okay. I'm, is it really? Oh, it, oh, taking students is stressing you out. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like our actual podcast. I think that's going to yeah. be fine. I think it's like, going to be really uh, fun. I think I think we feed off of the energy of hundreds of people. My jobby Tens job part of, of it is stressing me out. My jobby job. <laughs> yeah. Um, my jobby job has been giving me a lot of invigoration and joy and that's really good. Like just not, not that I'm doing it right now, but I'm just very excited to start it. it. When does it start? I think January 15th. So I have to, I have to do like fingerprinting stuff and background checks and stuff before I actually sign the contract, otherwise known as the yes paper. Uh Um, I called, I called, I called the contract a yes paper the other day to my friend Audrey Uh and she made fun of me for a solid five minutes and I felt great about myself. That's funny. (laughs) Thank you. I thought so too. I don't know. Um, It's like, I'm going to go put some, some go juice in my car and drive on over to the worship place to put my name on the yes paper. Like that's to the the Jesus house. And then I'm going to go put my name. I'm going to go scribble my digits on the yes paper. Scribble my digits. (laughs) (laughs) That was my band name in high school. Scribble your digits. We are scribble your digits. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Um, but yeah, I, I've just I've I've been trying to like 
figure out the the pillars on which we focus our youth ministry and like mm-hmm. communicating objectives and like vision and like purpose and and uniting people to evangelize teens. Yeah. And I'm very excited because I wrote down a bunch of stuff about like um, authenticity and intimacy and magnanimity, which is. Well, why didn't you share all of that on the podcast instead of letting me drone on about John 21? Well, because I didn't know if, if, if like the, the me trying to put together a youth ministry was interesting to our That's audience. That's so much more interesting than what I talked about. Oh, fine. Are Let's do another me? episode then. No, I'm, t- I'm tired now. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Hello, you cut out. I'm here. Oh, okay. Sorry, no, I cut out. We can do it next week. We can do it next week. What if we what if we took an hour long break and then No <laughs> more podcasting today? <laughs> All right, we'll I, talk about we'll talk um, about youth ministry next week because I'll, I'll I'll probably have more okay. time to like Yeah. No. Oh gosh, I can't believe you like oh yeah, I'm just building a youth ministry from the ground up. That's not interesting whatever i guess i guess i kind of i guess i kind of sat on it too long (laughs) you did sit on it for too long i'm mad at you i'm sorry for for my interview for youth ministry right for with my interview for the job i like brought in like a packet of oh my goals and objectives and yeah and like i'm I'm gonna put that together and i'm gonna make it like a a a welcome packet for our core team be like this is what we're gonna talk about i'm gonna put together like a retreat for the core team and do an application process for them and have have uh student leaders and stuff i thought i thought you said we have to we have to redo the youth building not the youth building but there's like a rectory we're using as our youth room mm-hmm. and uh it's like all office space and like a living room and kitchen and dining room and i'm gonna like i, I my, my plan to to evangelize is just have the have a couple of the kiddos help out like building the youth ministry building yeah. the youth room and i feel like if they if they did that they're gonna be like I'm a part of this forever. So right. trying to find, trying to find creative ways to evangelize while with, by making it personal while also keeping with safe environment rules. I mean, that's how I feel is like, I mean, I, I don't know if I kept safe environment um, when I was in high school. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't really know how all that worked. Well, the high schoolers don't keep safe environment. The adults do. Oh, well, so I helped uh, my youth minister like put up soundproofing on the ceiling in our new youth room when I was like a senior. Um, I think I might've been the only one there, but how'd that make you feel? Made you feel a part of something? It, it's honestly like I keep going back, not because of that sole reason. Like there's a lot of other reasons, but um, the fact that he invited me, and was like, Hey, come and help me do this thing was, yeah. was pretty cool. Um, and it helped me take a lot of ownership. And now like I'm 22 and I still go back and I visit the teens, you know, cause I know a lot of them when I'm home on break and it's just, yeah, I think there's definitely something to that, but that's not what this podcast is about because you waited to share those things until the very end. <laughs> well, I think, I think that all goes back to the boat. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all, all about, about the- it's all about evangelization because what, what he did was he was doing what he was doing, right? He was, he was uh-huh. doing his normal everyday life, which for the disciples was fishing, but yeah. instead he fished on the other side of the boat. He made it more Christ centered. And in that way he evangelized. It all ties together. It all ties together. Uh, we're going to be live at Seek 2019. 
Look for during, our tweets about it that we're contractually obligated to tweet. Look for our contractual tweets. Um, <laughs> they're going to be worded like somebody is holding a gun to my head. <laughs> I'm going to see us lot. Like I'm going to have way more exclamation points than I normally do. It's going to have proper punctuation and like capital. It's going to be actually capitalized. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, we're going to be January 6th at 1230. It's on the Seek app. If you want to check out the Seek app, we're in the mix. Download it Seek now. App. Download it now. Um, Patreon, like and subscribe, smash, smash the like button. <laughs> Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Don't listen to Mo Bamba, it's bad for you. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we will see you next week. <laughs>